Blog Talk Radio. Wake up, everybody. It's time to get squared away with Navy SEAL Radio. I'm your host. Everybody is absolutely just powerful and and filled with insane amount of of just pure raw unadulterated amazing incredible energy this morning. I mean, I know I am feeling uh, overwhelmed, if you will. I am feeling a, a whole nother level of passionate, a whole nother level of of that uh that that fired up frog logic, Navy SEAL motivational mindset that I got going on a regular basis. Man, I'm feeling that what right now. I hope you are feeling that right now. I hope you are super fired up. I hope you are are are, are getting ready for just a, an amazing, amazing, unbelievable weekend, man. I, I hope that weekend is, is 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 filled with all kinds of incredible things. I hope you're gonna have a, a, a all your friends around. I hope you got uh you know all people coming in from out of town, man. I I had this amazing uh, uh, uh incredible uh dinner last night with a bunch of great friends and it was awesome. And I've seen guys that I haven't seen in a while and man, I I've, I've seen other friends that I haven't seen in a while this week. I've got other friends that are coming in that I'm going to marry in a few weeks and a few weekends from now. I mean, it is a glorious glorious weekend. You know, much much less what's going to happen with family this weekend, right? I mean, everybody out there is super fired up for the for the what? What I mean, what do we got this weekend with the family and the kids? You're gonna have a big family dinner with a ham, uh, you know, a ton of pies, some great killer food that's gonna make your uh, belly all puppy belly and all all you know all warm and fuzzy on on Sunday and and maybe uh you know maybe uh you, you know you've got something big planned with the kids as well. Maybe you're gonna go to the beach or maybe you're gonna go to the park. You're gonna go to some sports event. Who knows? Maybe I I know what's gonna happen. I know. There's going to be an Easter egg hunt this weekend. Yeah, super fired up, man. I got to tell you, Easter egg hunts are, are got to be one of the coolest things on the planet for me right now because my two beautiful daughters, the bear and the bruiser, you know, one's four and a half, the other is two. And you ought to see this. I mean, if you don't have kids, man, or you're thinking about having kids, man, this is one of the reasons why you get fired up. I mean, seriously, to to see these little whippersnappers just go bonsai out into whatever field or whatever around your house, or even if you 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 know you just hide them in your house, man, this is one of the greatest joys you could ever see, man. That's powerful. It's it's amazing. You feel this intense vibe of love that comes across you when you watch your you know your beautiful kids and other kids get involved in this kind of thing, man. It's just cool. I mean that's that's fun, right? That's that's powerful fun. It makes you it makes you get excited about um 
what this weekend is all about, man. This this coming together of people, of friends, of family, of your children, and and to to sync up with one another in a, in a meaningful way, right? To to love each other, because let's face it, man. I mean, you know, when 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 you're loving each other, things are good. I mean, that's how that's how awesome that is, right? I mean, this is not rocket science or or underwater deep sea medicine or any kind of kooky stuff. This is this is basic the basics of the human condition, right? Love, man, and it's the most powerful thing we're given in our whole lives. Now, if you know, for me, I've been studying this thing for for over. I've been studying the human condition for over 20 years now, man, and and my journey has taken me around the world, literally. It you know everything from being you know a, a collegiate lacrosse player, which you know was short lived, but I was still there, to to being in the SEAL teams, going through SEAL training, being in the SEAL teams as a medic and an instructor, getting out and being an international training specialist for Blackwater and and working for the U.S. government in a way, and 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 just and then you know doing this and having the the amazing thing in my life called frog logic and frog logic is navy seal motivation at its finest right it's it's what i put together i pulled together these four main concepts for all of you to uh, in, embed into your lives and and it gets you going man it gets you on that path that path to where hopefully it, you know, you Roger up to all the, the, the 22 different missions, right? The four main concepts, Roger up and you start feeling and living with that kind of powerful love that we have in the SEAL teams that I have in my life that I share with all of you, man. I mean, that's, that's awesome because I mean, think about it. I mean, this is, there's no mystery here, right? Love is the greatest thing you've ever been given ever. Now, the question is, is, you know, when you start thinking about that and you start appreciating that and you start being thankful for that, you got to start thinking about, well, where's that come from, man? Where's that love come from? Where in my heart? Why do I why do I have that capacity? You know, many times people say, well, you know, you learn it. It's behavioral. You learn how to love other things. And I and, and you know what? There's certain truths to some of the stuff to say. But overall, I like to look at them and start shaking my head. You know, in, in, in respectful uh, opposition, because I believe in my life, I believe that we got love from one place, and that's God, right? That's who I believe, and I believe in God. And so God, you know, blessed my parents, and those two came together. They loved each other, and as a result, my be- my awesome brother was born, and, and then, you know, I was born after that. And through that love that God gave them, they passed that on to me. And now through God's uh, divine intervention and this miracle, this a beautiful thing called love that we all possess, man, the next thing that happened was I was uh, able to fall in love with my wife, the Admiral, right? And then we were able to, you know, unite our love in a meaningful way and, and, and have two beautiful children, which proved in my mind, Without a without a reasonable doubt, nonstop, that what I feel when I stare at those two girls is an absolute gift from God. Man, that's it. Period. Clear and simple, man. You can you can sit here and I, I I'll have you on the show and 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 we can we can we can debate this until we're blue in the face, right? 
nah, nah, nah. Love is love. Love is a you know when you when you you know you look at it from a scientific scientific perspective. Are you out of your mind? Seriously. I mean, I've seen some things around this world that that would you know that are the antithesis of love. You know that would you know make your most people just stop in their tracks and, and lose faith in humanity. But on the flip side of that, I've seen a million times more of people just summoning up this incredible, courageous, uh, honorable, noble uh, uh, emotion of integrity. I mean, love. I mean, to summon this up and to bestow love on other human beings, man, that's strength. That's honor. And that's powerful. Now, you know, you fast forward in my life. And I start thinking about um, where, where, what proves this love for me? How do, how do I get to a point where, where I start uh, wanting to prove God's love, right? Because I'm, I'm a human, right? I'm, I'm normal, and, and, and I, I question things, and that's we should question. Everyone out there listening to my radio show right now, or when you download it later, you should question what I say. And you should ask yourself, is instructor right on point? Instructor right on point. You know who am I, and what is my purpose here? What is my meaning here? Is this is, is you know why 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 am I on this earth? And so when you start asking these very profound, meaningful questions, man, you're gonna start here. You're gonna start answering things. You're gonna start you know digging deep and looking for answers. Because that's what I did. You know, when 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 God presented Himself for the first time to me when I was, you know, basically the the summer of my thirtieth year, because I never had God in my life growing up. You know, I, I went through, I went to Episcopal schools, and you know, we'd go once every blue moon, maybe Christmas. I mean, I can't even count on one hand how many times we went to church growing up, and that's okay, man. It just wasn't. You know, my parents' things. I'm not going to blame or fault them. I still got love. I still felt love for them, and I still believe they were divinely influenced by God and the love they have for me. But I didn't have God. And it wasn't until I was overseas that God presented himself to me because I asked. I needed God in a particular moment, and I asked for God, and God came to me and filled my heart with love. Now, that's a powerful thing, man. But it wouldn't have happened had I not asked, had I not reached out at a moment where I truly was raw. I was filled. I was empty. I had a hole in my heart, and I asked God to fill it with love. And guess what? He did. Now, I don't know how you've experienced. I don't know what you have in your life. I don't know how you understand love, but you know, it, you know, this is this Navy SEAL radio, and I'm going to share with how I feel it, man, and what I feel. So, you know, this happens, and then fast forward a couple weeks later, I get tested, and that love gets tested. And then fast forward, you know, I get out of the teams, and now trying to have an identity, I'm I'm forced to test that again. Hopefully, you know, some old friends uh, asked me to marry them. And that started me down that next path to rediscover what God's love means and where it comes from and and how I can guarantee it, how I can, how I can, you know, look at it in a meaningful way and say, wow, that's, there's some truth to that. 
And I know now I, I have faith where that, that love is real. And so where does that happen? And where did it happen for me, most importantly? I'll tell you where it happened. It it happened when an amazing guy named uh, George Andrews, Reverend George Andrews, my former headmaster at St. Andrews where I went to high school, a wonderful man, incredible guy, where I, I, I decided I needed to get a little more God in my life. And I was I started going to this small sun, sun, Sunday service, right? And George was the minister. And we went in there, and there's probably six people in there, you know, including me. And and George would start talking about lessons from the New Testament, from the Gospels, right? And I, for the first time in my life, I heard the truth that was coming out of his mouth. Now, I was like, whoa, these are some heavy stories. And you know what the deal is? It all It all focuses around this one cat. Right? It focuses around this one dude. And that's Jesus. Jesus Christ. Now, man, you can imagine a Navy SEAL who's trying to figure out himself, who's trying to discover which way to go in life, what purpose, what meaning do I have now that I'm out of teams? What am I supposed to do? Where's the value in my life? What direction am I supposed to go? You know, living in this chaotic abyss and, and you know, just not having any, you know, hard cornerstone to grab onto. Then I hear a man I have profound respect for, profound, you know, I admire, consider him a mentor in many ways. Hear him talk about this cat Jesus. So when you start hearing about it, you start to go, you start to understand what his purpose was, what Jesus' mission was on earth. And that's what show, today's show's today, title. That's what today's show is all about. It's called the Easter Mission, right? And today we're gonna we're gonna discuss what that mission was all about, and how that mission has helped me. And hopefully, if you ask the right questions, maybe how that mission can help you. Now, I want you to be abundantly understanding. I want you. you want, I want to be real crystal clear. My mission on this show is is not to to bang you upside the head with a Bible. It's not to it's not to, to force you into, you know, salvation or any of that stuff. That's not my mission. I I, I don't have man, I'm I'm not worthy of that. Are you kidding me? You know, my my mission is just to try and make you think about some things, to get you motivated, to get that fire burning in your gut. Now today I'm gonna tell tell you how my fire got stoked. You know, greater than any other thing I've experienced, man. And and because of that, you know, th- this is this is what happened. And, and it's all about this mission that this guy went on, right? Jesus. So, you know, in order to understand, you know, what Easter is, and it's not, Easter is not the Easter egg hunts. Easter is not the, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the big dinners. Easter is not all that. It's clear and simple what Easter is. And and it's about the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Period, man. That's That's the Easter mission. Now, there was a much bigger, grandiose, you know, perspective on this cat's mission for sure. Now, when we look back at it after 2,000 years and studying it in all the different ways and these cats that wrote these books about it and 
you know, the Gospels, and, and they're recounting this amazing individual and all this and the influence he had and what he, they saw and what he did. I mean, that's a heavy, heavy, heavy mission. So, you know, we're, we're going to go through this a little bit today and hope you, at the end, I've accomplished my mission which is to get you to understand, you know, what enables me to feel God's love every single day and then be able to transfer that love onto my children, onto my wife, onto my family, onto my close friends, onto as many people that I do motivational speeches with, uh, onto the people that I talk to on this radio show, the people that uh, read my books, the people that uh, follow me on social media and pay attention to my daily doses of motivation, the people that, uh, you know, all these things, because that's where this is all coming from for me. That's what I have to do. This is my calling. Take a step back and look at, you know, what the big mission for Jesus was, right? So, Think about it. Here this cat's born to this woman, you know, and, you know, the Virgin Mary and Mary has this cat with Joseph and all this. And they immediately got to run out of Dodge because, you know, the, the, the prophecy says, all right, this, you know, people are telling this this king or this 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 local governor, if you will. Hey, this you got to go kill this kid. So they had to flee and they come back and some years go by. And next thing we see is Jesus at 12 and he's preaching in the temple, man. At 12, and he's preaching in a way that everybody's like, holy cow. But I don't even think, you know, my opinion, I don't think he really understood his full mission yet. I mean, he knew he was on a path that God, of course, was pushing him, but he didn't know his whole mission. And it wasn't until, you know, he really came and he met, you know, and he finally came back and John the Baptist, who was sent before him, you know, baptized Jesus in the River Jordan. And I think at that moment, you know, he got his mission statement, right? You know, his commander, God, the Almighty, was like, boom, all right, now here's what you're going to do, son. You're going to go out there, and you're going to save everybody. You're going to rescue these people. Because they're all afraid. They all have a tremendous amount of fear, you know, that drives them to do pretty horrible things. Some more than others, some less than others. You know, some sins are huge sins, some sins are little sins, but, you know, we all sin. We're human, right? We're human beings. So in order for God to accomplish his mission, which was to save us, to, to prove to us that he loved us, you know, he tasked his son. He said, guess what your mission is, son? You're going to save these people. And in order to save them, you're going to have to go through some pretty heavy pain. You're going to actually, you're going to actually, now hear me loud and clear, son. You're going to actually have to sacrifice yourself to save them. I don't know about all you, but, but in our world, in the SEAL teams, you know, that's the, that's the ultimate sign of love, right? I mean, you think about Mike Monsoor jumping on a grenade to save his two buddies' lives. Man, that, that's the ultimate sacrifice right there. He died for his brothers. And think about all the other amazing veterans out there that have done the same, that have died for us, that have died to keep us free, that have died to keep us alive, to keep our way of life alive. That's powerful. That's sacrifice. That's love, right? So this cat, they said God was like, all right, man, you, you got to go 
Tell everybody I love them. Teach them to love their neighbors as themselves. Put love first. Teach them, you know, to try and, you know, repent for their sins a little bit. Walk the walk. Talk the talk and, and be good human beings, man, to, to take hold of this incredible gift of life that I've given everybody and, and to acknowledge that through you because you're going down for it. Now, you know, for most of us, if we were to get a mission tasking like that, we, we would pretty much all freak out, right? Most people out there, you get a mission like that saying, hey, guess what? You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna walk out. You're gonna go out into the into bad guy territory, what we call it booger eater land, right? You're gonna go out with the most evil, horrible, hateful people, because those back then those times weren't cool. I mean, it's probably similar to what ISIS and those crazies are doing over in the Middle East right now. So you know, but you're gonna go out and you're gonna walk from door to door, soul to soul, person to person, village to village, and you're gonna tell them that God loves them. Yep, that's what's going to happen. In order, in order for you to make your point, I'm, I'm going to let you do some some pretty heavy things. I'm going to let you, you know, cure the sick and heal, heal you know, make the blind see, bring a, a dead girl back to life. I'm going to let you feed five thousand here, four thousand there, uh, you know, and I'm going to give you some knowledge, an all-knowing knowledge base, to where you can talk to truth, right? Um. You know, to where you can have that truth just spill out, that truth of love, and you know it. And it's going to start right now after you just dipped under with John the Baptist. Boom. Ready? Go. Oh, yeah. And by the way, at the end of your mission here, uh, you're going to feel more incredible pain, and you're going to die in the worst horrible death possible uh, just uh, so they know I'm not, I'm not lying. Man. Ask yourself right now. Everybody, if you're listening to this, I want you to ask yourself. Would you accept that mission? Would you? Or would you turn it down and say, nope, no, no way, no way, Lord. Uh-uh. Man, I, you know, I thanks for everything you got, but I'm not doing that. No way. I, I can't do that. I don't want to die. Man, this world's too cool. There's too much cool stuff that I could do. I could, you know, I can go out and I can... You know, I can earn a truckload of money and have fancy things and I can travel and go to foreign places and, you know, and, and enjoy the desires of human human existence. And I can just have fun, man, you know, and then throw caution in the wind and whatever, whatever, man. Is that what you would answer to that mission? Or would you be like, you know, I really want to do it, but, ah, you know, the whole dying, painful, horrible, tragic death, I just can't, man. Can you find somebody else? Can you find somebody else? Will somebody else roger up? I'm sure there's got to be somebody on my block, in my town, in my city, in my country that will roger up and, and take that mission because, I, you know, I'm, I'm that, that isn't for me. No thanks. Fear, right? Heck yeah, it's fear. Well, think about what Jesus did. Just from a human standpoint. He said, roger that. He didn't say, now, Lord, uh, you know, thanks. Now, he said, Roger that. And he started. <laughs> and this dude walked. And he, and he met some cool cats along the way. And, you know, you know, Peter and, and the crew, the, the, the fishing guys, and he said, hey, follow me. And they were like, Roger, okay. 
We'll follow you. They put down their nets and they followed. Why? Because Jesus said, hey, I'm going to teach you to be a fisher of men. I'm going to teach you how to influence other people. Now, imagine these guys aren't rocket scientists or theologians or, or, you know, these are basic human beings. These are basic men. They are not the smartest men in the world. They're not the dumbest men in the world. They work their their butts off to, to feed their families, all that. Man, but these are not, I mean, these are not like the the best of the best, so to speak, whatever that means. These are just men that 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 Jesus said, hey, check it out. I'm going to go around, I'm going to teach people that God loves them, and they need to love God, and I'm going to teach people, hey, to love each other, first and foremost. That's what this whole thing's about. That's my mission. You up for it? Roger that. <laughs> and they dropped what they had, and they started going. Now, before you know it, Jesus recruited some some pipe hitters. Right? Some of them had trouble. Some of them weren't the best people, tax collector and some other cats. They weren't. They weren't perfect by any stretch. He didn't go to the temple and recruit, you know, the main cats in the temple. He was like, hey, Mug, you know, those aren't the guys I want because they're kind of manipulating the truth here, the truth of love. They're, they're using these, these ideas to, to, to make you feel scared, to be fearful of, of what these lessons are all about, to be afraid of God first and foremost. And then after that, you know, if you do X, Y, and Z or A, B, and C, if you follow that strict regimented path, man, you'll be good. But also, you know, hey, give us some tax, you know, here, give us some tidings and, and, and we'll make sure you're, you stay, uh, we'll make sure you're good in the good graces of God. We'll, 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 we got you, right? Go out in with the rest of the flock out there and just be, uh, you know, just be, just be calm over there. We got it. That's not what this cat said. Not at all. And so he went out, didn't he? He went out. He went out standing tall. And he went from town to town to town. And one thing after another, man, he, he was preaching the word, the good news. And what good news? I mean, seriously, people hear that statement nowadays, man. They're like, hey, man, you want to talk about the good news? And they're like, ah. Oh. My God, right? Oh my God, are you serious? Not the good, not one of you again. Hey, dude, all I want to talk about is love. <laughs> I go, oh, wow, that's just weird. That's freaky. That that's I'm uncomfortable with that. You know, go somewhere else, do something else. Go check out. You know, go over there with your other uh, Bible toting. You know, uh, Torah waving. Uh, you know, all this stuff. Go go over there, man. Go over there because it's just freaking me out, dude. I just want to talk about how how you're loving other people. And, and, you know, what you think about. People don't want to hear that. They don't want to think about that. They don't want to openly talk about that, just like they don't like to openly talk about what they're afraid of, their fears, and that's a problem, right? That's a huge problem. But this cat did. Man, he, he went out there, and he went hard, didn't he? He went real hard, man. I mean, you think about all the things that he did, you know, Think about think about this one. Think about that when he walks into the temple for the first time, he starts flipping tables over, and and you know people selling wares and making money, you know, commerce in the temple. And he flips that stuff and he stands tall right in front of everybody. He's like, "What's up, y'all? This ain't cool. This is not cool. This is not what this is all supposed to be about." 
He's still, but people are like, all right, who? All right, whoa, this is pretty heavy. And everywhere he went, man, you know, the people who needed to hear him, the sinners who were feeling bad about what the life they were living, when they heard him, they heard his message of love, and they picked their heads up. Like, whoa, that's that's whoa, that, that's that's pretty heavy, man. Pretty heavy stuff, and they started following that cat, right? And he'd get these huge crowds wherever he went. You know, they'd be just all they wanted to do was see him, talk to him, t- you know, be around him, just hear his message. And I guarantee, you know, <laughs> Jesus was not the guy that was, you know, <laughs> like like the old vaudevillian guy or or P.T. Barnum or anything like that, man. I bet he just spoke his normal voice and he and he talked and and but God carried his his message and his voice for as far as, as anybody was listening and they could hear him if they were three four hundred meters away. You know, there's no megaphones back then. There's no there's no uh, uh, PA systems. People, his voice would carry and it would influence them, saying, "Hey, man, you gotta love. You gotta love." That's pretty heavy right there. Now, you know, most people would be like, man, that that's that's a that's a big mission right there. Just getting out and walking around the countryside, right? Not having a, sta- a stable home, not having a place you know you could call, put your feet down and plant your roots, nothing like that. Meanwhile, he walked away from all that. And he's walking around just walking. Cats and, and his mom and all these people behind him and supporting him. But then all of a sudden, the masses start going, well, guess what? That freaked some people out now, did it? Because any time, any time somebody comes out with a message that makes other people feel uncomfortable, makes them get afraid, and they're in positions of power, what happens? <laughs> you got to quash that. You got to hammer that. We can't let that. We can't let that run rampant. We cannot let this spread. This is like a disease. Think about that. We can't let this cat continue out there spreading this message of love. <laughs> we cannot let this happen. It's the worst possible thing for for our 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 temple, for our community. It's the worst. It's horrible to spread this message of love. We got to quash this cat. And so what do they do, man? They try and get them in in all different times, you know, they try and have him catch him up and, and, and commit blasphemy, right, to say that he is the son of God, that he is a living God, that he is the Messiah. So they trip this cat up. But you can't trip Christ up, right? I mean, he's he's not going to give you that easily. He's going to teach you as you're trying to, 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 you know, pull the wool over his eyes, right? Yeah, it ain't going to work, right? And continue in the midst of this. He's knowing this is happening. He's still preaching the love. He's not going to be dissuaded. He's not going to be stopped. Nobody's going to stop him because he's accepted his mission from his Father God that he's got to go through with the real mission. Now remember, I hope you haven't forgotten. I prob- you probably haven't. But the real mission, right? The real mission is not to walk the countryside, it's to go back into Jerusalem and die. Now, I don't know about all you, man, but, you know, starting with, you know, the Last Supper, 
I mean, this is where the whole thing starts to, you know, get a little dark, right? And man, I, I got to tell you, like every night I, I I try and read Bible stories and my daughter chooses, she will we'll read a Bible story. And, you know, this week's always hard because, you know, these are some heavy things and heavy ideas and she's only four. And, but man, you got to, because this is the truth. This is the truth of love and the truth of this mission, the true Easter mission and what it means. All right. And that's a big deal. You have to understand that it's not the other stuff. It's not the miracles. It's not all the other. It's this. It's moving towards his death. So in that Last Supper, I think it's pretty wild. You know, he assembles the 12. They they go and they have this dinner, and they're all sitting around, and they know something's brewing. They they can feel it. It's intense and all that. And, 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 and the Lord sits around, or Christ sits, Jesus sits around. He's like, hey, cats, here's the deal. This is the last time we're going to be together, you know. Um, you know, one of you guys is going to betray me, and and that's it. I'm going to have to pay the man. But they were they were confused, right? So he said, "Hey, just just check this out. You know, here's some wine. You know, once I'm gone, or you know, drink some wine to remember me. Don't let don't let this this experience don't let it die with me. And hey, break bread with one another." Just sit down together, come together around a table, love each other, and just break some bread, man. Because that's, that's think of this as my body. And, and I want you to feed off my love for you. Now, a lot of people hear all that and they're like, ooh, that's just weird. I don't want to think about Jesus' blood when I drink wine. That's not what he's saying, man. He's just saying, you know, drink. Drink the love. Drink it up. A lot of people out there, well, you're just you're just talking about drinking the Kool-Aid, man. Just go out there and drink the Kool-Aid. You've drunk it, right? You're nuts now. You're just, you've lost your mind. Oh, okay. Love is nuts. That's cool. I get it. Okay, check, Roger. I'm going to keep drinking from that cup. Keep drinking there until the day I'm pushing up daisies and hopefully spending the rest of my days for eternity with him. Right? So that's all it is, is breaking bread to remember the message of love. Drinking wine with your friends and your family to remember the message of love. And to remember what that mission is. Because in that that last thing, he said, hey, check it out. You guys got to go keep that that message alive. I mean, you know, again, these were not smart dudes, and so they were a little confused. So the the next one, the next big one, for me, is when they left. They took off, and, and you know, when he went out, you know, into the garden, and he prayed, man. And and this was a big deal. I don't know if any of y'all seen Passion of the Christ, but if if you ever get a chance, it's worth it's worth a view, right? It's worth to check it out. It's the it's the number two R-rated movie of all time, and I'm not saying R in a negative way. I'm just saying it's it was R-rated and it's heavy. And this scene for me was the one that really got me. I mean, the whole movie got me pretty heavy, too, when I first saw it, when it came out. But this one I, I saw and, and, and breaks me down. Because it was in this moment that, that Jesus was like, whoa, you know, it's coming. I, I know it because I just called Judas out in front of him. No one else got it. But I knew Judas was going to betray me. I already felt it. I know what's going on. I, I get it. You know, I got some good tactical situational awareness, right? Uh, and and I know it's coming. So he bent down on his knees, man, and literally, you know, was praying so hard for his father, asking him for strength. 
you know, that blood was coming out, you know, tears of blood, you know, sweating blood. I mean, that that's, imagine that pressure. Imagine the pressure, because remember, remember what his mission is. His mission is to die for us. He's got to die now. That's it. Now he's coming to the meat and bones of his 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 mission. He's going to go have to get sacrifice for all of us. It's going to be painful. So he's he's prepping himself, and he's like, God, give me that strength, man. I need it now. And so God gave him that strength. He served it up to him. And he stood up and he walked over, and the cats were all taking little combat naps because they're you know rolling with Jesus has got to be pretty heavy, especially they've been on the road, they've been humping it for a long time, man. They're 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 spent, right? They're tore up, so they they couldn't stay awake, man. They had to because they're human. That's what we do. That's we we make mistakes. So they fell asleep on watch. Stood up. Next thing you know, he turns around. There's Judas. Judas gives him the old kiss on the old cheek, the old sign. And whambo, they jump him. And he doesn't fight back. I mean, Peter went big, you know, sliced off that dude's ear. And, but Jesus is like, hey, chill, man, put it down. This is supposed to be. And then next thing you know, what happened? He gets tried. First by the court, right? Right, by Sanhedrin. Then he gets tried by Herod, and they pass the Herod and Pilate, and then Pilate and Herod and all that. You know, he gets all in this, and, and man, they whipped him into, you know, Temple whipped them folks into a frenzy. You know, here's a guy that really didn't break any any laws other than saying, hey, you know, God loves you directly. Maybe you don't need all this other stuff. Maybe, you know, the true temple, the true church is in your own heart where that begins. And they didn't dig that. Because what did it do? It took away their power. And it put the power where the power needs to be. And God's love for us. Right? And they didn't dig that. So they whipped him up into a frenzy. They got him nuts and going crazy. You know, death, kill him, kill him, man. I mean, imagine what that must have been like. And and it was so intense that all his followers split. They they took off, including Peter, supposedly his number two, his swim buddy, the man, the guy who he he was gonna go he he denied that cat. He said, No way, I don't know that dude, no way. Would you have done the same thing? If you'd known, right, that all of a sudden this is bad, this is ugly, and this dude's about ready to get hammered, man. These people are in a frenzy. And all of a sudden, you know, someone's like, hey, that's his swim buddy right there. What would you have done? Would you have said, nope, I don't know that cat? Or would you have said, yep, roger that. Put me up there with him right now. I'm going to my death right there. He didn't because he was afraid. He didn't want to die. He didn't get it. At that moment. So what happens? Jesus gets tried. And they, you know, at first they beat him in the temple. And then they, uh, you know, then it was Herod's cats and they beat him. They whipped his, I mean, they whipped him so many. I mean, he had lashes covering his whole body. I mean, wide open sores. I mean, everybody out there has cut themselves in a in a decent way. Imagine what the cat of nine tails would feel like coming across your skin. If you can't imagine it, again, go watch Passion of the Christ because it's one of the most vivid depictions of that beating that you could ever watch. Now, I'm a medic, right? And I've seen horrible things. I've seen it all over the world. And I'll tell you what, that pain 
that that individual that Jesus went through, and now it, he didn't get to dull his pain, right? The Lord didn't say, "All right, don't don't check check Roger, Jesus. Don't worry, son. I'm going to make I'm going to I'm going to inhibit your neuroreceptors. You're not going to feel anything. You just stand tall, be brave. Don't worry about it. Good. No, he didn't do that." Because he had to feel that pain. Every lash, every stroke, every rip of his skin, every drop of blood, he bled. He bled for me. Peace, pain. Every beating. Think about that. Chained to that post and almost whipped to death. And then to boot what they made a mockery of the cat, right? They're spitting on him and probably throwing on peeing on him, probably throwing feces on him. Probably they put the thorn of crowns on his head. Imagine a thorn of crowns jabbing into your head after you just almost got beaten to death. And you're just sitting there laying in your own pool of blood. But yet you're not done. You're just getting started. And you know you can't get quit now. You're in it. It's going to happen. And you got to go through each painful step, each moment. So what they do? They decided, all right, man, you know, they wanted him dead, so they're going to crucify him. That's what they used to scream for. Crucify him, right? Everybody's going nuts, going crazy. I'm whipped into the, the frenzy. So it was time, man. They followed through with it. They appeased the masses. That group think overwhelmed logic. Because think about this. How logical is it to kill a human being that's teaching you how to love? How logical is it to, to kill a human being that says, hey, man, just love each other. Just love God. You know what? That, that's crazy talk. We're going to kill you. We're going to whip you to death, beat you to death, sit corns on And now guess what you're going to do? You're going to carry this big cross. You're going to carry it, you know, across this way, up onto this hill, and then we're going to nail you to it. Ready? Go. And did he quit? Did he renounce at any one time? Because all he had to do in any one of those things is say, you know what, I was wrong, you guys are right, I'm full of it, that, you know, this is all, you know, there, There's, I don't believe in it, I'm just saying it because, you know, I thought it sounded cool, and, you know, I thought, you know, some people would follow me and all, no. Now, he never quit. He never quit on that mission. And so what did he do? He grabbed that cross, man, and he walked. Now imagine, beaten, whipped within an inch of your, your, your death, throwing a crowd. I mean, you're, I mean, think of the exhaust, the pain, the burden, because not only with that, that physical pain, think about that spiritual pain, knowing Hey, man, this is for every – I'm taking the burden of everyone out there. And, and this is what – you know, I imagine what he, what he was going – he's thinking. He's like, cool, I'm doing this for you. So as people are screaming at him, spitting on him, telling him he's a horrible human being, right, he's thinking, I love you. This is for you. Hey, yep, no, check. Yep, th that big, huge loogie you just spat in my face or – you just threw something at me, a piece of cow dung you just whipped at me. You know, hey, I love you too. It's cool. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm in pain. Yep, I'm bleeding all over. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, you know, it's cool. I love you. And so he walked, and he walked all the way out, man. And he walked up there. You know, thank, thank God Simon was there. And I think, you know, at that one moment, you know, <laughs> 
God served him up. He's like, all right, I, he needs some help. Here you go. Here's your your swim buddy. So he jumped in there and he picked that cross up and he and he helped him walk to his death. <laughs> Think about what that must have. Been. Here, this dude is the the hatred of this whole community, and you get summoned to to help him to his death. And now you're grouped in with him, and you're looking at this man in, in his face. And you're and now you're carrying the burden with him because it's got to happen. And you do it. And he rogered up. And he got that cross up top. And that wasn't it, right? They get him up there. Now they're going to strip him down, do his little loincloth. I mean, imagine his, how just pummeled his body was. They're like, all right, hop on there. They dragged him on. They're still mocking him and all this stuff. They put him on. They put him on. They cross his feet, put his hands out. And then they drive these huge iron stakes, spikes, through his hands and through his feet. Now, I've I've put a chest tube or two in a human being before, and these people were almost out of it, completely almost out of it, catatonic, gone. You know, they they were done. They were in, you know, shock tube in and they woke right up that's a chest tube that we did surgically these things were hammered into his body but he didn't quit did he he did not quit at that moment man they're like hey dude you know anytime you want to quit he's like what do you mean i love you this is my this is my mission right here That pain I feel in my hands with my broken bones and my ripped flesh and my torn, you know, my torn feet and all my metacarpals and tarsals just smashed through that spike and, you know, this crown and this pain I feel in my back and in my neck and in my guts and every square inch of my body because there's dirt and sand and every every open wound on my and this incredible just this 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 nauseousness, this this just brutal, you know, this agony I'm in. No, man, I'm good. I'm good because I love you. Raise it up. And so they rose that cross up. Now, if anybody out there, if you don't understand crucifixion, man, I go check out reading uh, uh, Bill O'Reilly's book, uh, Killing Jesus. You know, that's pretty heavy, you know. Real, 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 real heavy. There's another book out there. It's called The Case for Christ, which is a good book. Describes the describes from a doctor's perspective what a crucifixion does to the human body. And if you're not familiar, man, it's pretty devastating because you're not supported other than these things, you know, pulling your arms out of socket. You know, most people actually die from asphyxiation because their arms come out, they can't support their head, they get fatigued, and they literally choke to death on their own, what, you know, on either, you know, just they asphyxiate themselves, right? So there he is, he's up, up there, and they post this sign, King of the Jews, right? <laughs> you're, you're, you're the man, you said you were God. You said you're the God Almighty. You said you were blasphemous. No, not really. I just said, hey, love God, you know, with your heart, all your heart. Love your neighbors. Try and stop sinning because it doesn't get you anywhere. Just do that, right? Nope, string them up, and up he went. And they stuck that thing up. Imagine in the bright, hot sun out in the Middle East. Anybody's ever been over there, man, heavy, right? Arid, desert, up in that sun. He was up there for nine hours. When's the last time you sat outside, strung up from a cross for nine hours, ladies and gentlemen? When would you ever do that? 
never. Because, you know, man, that's a heavy mission. But he did it. He took that mission, didn't he? He took that mission. And he was up there. And he had those two other cats on his side. And one was like, hey, save yourself. You know, what they were screaming, save yourself now, Mug. Let's see what you got, magic man. He's like, nope, I'm good. You know, and the one dude was screaming at him too, ha, save yourself now. And in his misery and all this, talking, smacking. And the guy next to him was like, holy cow. Are you serious? Man, you are. You are Christ. Man, we we save a place for me. And And, and in his... As he was dying, I mean, sitting there dying, I mean, think about this. Dying, I mean, he's beaten, he's bleeding profusely, his arms are killing him, his, you know, I mean, his back, everything, his mother's sitting there watching him die, you know, his, you know, a couple of his friends, all these people, they're throwing stuff, the soldiers, they hate him, all this stuff, and he looks at, next to him, and he, and he checks out the guy, and says, don't worry, sweat it, you're good. Your sins are forgiven, man, you're good, I love you, God loves you, you're going to be good. I know in my worst moments I was I was incapable of uh, I, I could barely even find a, a a moment of of a brief second of love to issue myself in my most painful moments let alone being saying hey check check over here bud you're good I love you you're going to be all right That's pretty heavy 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 stuff you got to think to yourself, man, that is one heck of a mission this cat went on that he made, that he did, that he followed through. Because guess what? He hit that point and he died. He followed through with his mission. He died. He died on that cross. He died for me. So he achieved his mission. Now, the cool thing is, and what the mission of Easter is all about, is to recognize that that wasn't the end. That was my wake-up call, to realize that a person did that for me, never met me, never knew me, lived 2,000 years before me, but basically said, I'm going to do this for you because I know you can't do it for yourself, but I'm going to help you find love in a meaningful, long-lasting way that makes you helps you love other human beings. And then love God, most importantly. I'm going to do that. And he did it. And he was buried. And then, thank God, on Easter Sunday, God fulfilled his mission. And he raised his son from the dead. Now, this is huge for people. Now, Now's where the mission starts to shift, right? Now's where the mission starts to move on to, onto your head. Or onto your back. You start, so you start to carry the burden of that cross. You start to carry the burden of that sacrifice. You start to carry the burden of, of his death. Because he was raised. He was raised. And so in, in, in his resurrection on Easter Sunday, which is tomorrow, man. I'm going to go to church and I'm going to bring my children and I'm going to praise God and I'm going to praise Christ. And I'm going to say thank you so much for helping me because now I feel like I can take that leap. I can carry that burden. I can walk forth with your your mission, which is to love. I can do that because you did it for me. 
And I, and I, I can do that because I know. I, I mean, I don't have to die. I don't have to get you know beaten, whipped, or crucified. Any of that. All I gotta do is just wake up and just love some other human being. Just love with my heart. That doesn't mean I gotta uh, be weakness or I, I can't. I can't be strong or I can't be a man. I can't be a frog man. I, I can't be uh, you know protective. I can't stand up for my beliefs. It doesn't mean any of that. And that's what you need to understand. That's not what he's asking you to do. He's simply asking you to dig down deep in your heart, accept your Easter mission, and to pass that word on. To love. And he knows you're not going to do it perfectly because you can't. Neither can I. But what we can do is we sure as heck can put that weight on our shoulders. We can ruck up, put our boots on, strap up our laces, and we can march forth out there and spread that message of love to protect our way of life, to protect our, our freedoms, to protect democracy, to protect our families, and to protect those we love the most. Just like those apostles did. Because when they saw him again, and they inspected those wounds, they couldn't believe their eyes. But they knew it was the truth because they could feel, hear, and touch him. They said, now's the time. You're going to be given a gift, but now's the time to accept your mission now. I've fulfilled my mission. God has fulfilled his mission. And now it's time for you to accept your mission. Now, are you going to do that? Are you going to take that mission, and are you going to go with it? Because it ain't asking you to change the world or to, to become president or to kill you know other people or anything like that. That's not what he's asking. He's simply tasking us to love. To love God. To love each other. To love your neighbor as you love yourself. To love. To love your children more. To love your, your spouse more. To love your friends more. To love yourself more. And to do it with him in mind. To do it with, with, with God on your heart, man. That's how I found my mission, was through the mission of this one cat, Jesus. And it uh, it's changed me, changed me. I like to think it's made me a better man. It's certainly given me purpose in life. It's certainly helped me embrace my fears. It gives me the self-confidence I need every day to go out and do what I do. To spread the message of love. To spread frog logic. To help people find that burning desire in their guts. To get them off and on their mission. Whatever that may be. But I'll tell you what. If at the core of it, it's love. Then you will achieve your mission in life. You will you will, at one point, you will be able to look at yourself in a mirror, look around at your family and friends, and know that you rogered up. You did not deny your mission because of fear. You accepted your mission. And you spread the good news. 
You spread that good news one soul at a time, teaching them how to love. And I hope, I hope that this Easter weekend you feel that love from God. You feel that love from Christ. You feel the love from me. And then you give it to someone else. God bless you. Out.